Book One, Chapter Four of the Heavenly Twins. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Devora Allen. The Heavenly Twins by Sarah G. Book One, Chapter Four. It is interesting to trace the steps by which Evadne advanced. One item of knowledge accidentally acquired compelling her to seek another, as in the case of some disease mentioned in a storybook, the nature of which she could not comprehend without studying the construction of the organ it affected. But haphazard seems to have determined her pursuits much more than design as a rule. Some people in afterlife, who liked her views, said they saw the guiding hand of providence directing her course from the first, but those who opposed her said it was the devil, and others again, in idleness or charity, or the calm neutrality of indifference, set it all down to the inevitable, a fashionable first cause at this time, which is both comprehensive, convenient, and inoffensive, since it may mean anything, and so suits itself to everybody's prejudices. But she certainly made her first acquaintance with anatomy and physiology without design of her own. Her mother sent her up to a lumber room one day to hunt through an old box of books for a story she wanted her to read to the children, and the box happened to contain some medical works, which Evadne peeped into during her search. A plate first attracted her attention, and then she read a little to see what the plate meant, and then she read a little more because the subject fascinated her, and the lucid language of a great scientific man, certain of his facts, satisfied her, and carried her on insensibly. She continued standing until one leg tired, then she rested on the other. Then she sat on the hard edge of the box, and finally she subsided onto the floor, in the dust, where she was found hours later, still reading. "'My dear child, where have you been?' her mother exclaimed irritably, when at last she appeared. "'I sent you to get a book to read to the children.' "'There it is, mother, the gold thread,' Evadne answered. "'But I cannot read to the children until after their tea. They were at their lessons this morning, and we are all going out this afternoon.' She had neither forgotten the children, nor the time they wanted their book, which was eminently characteristic." She never did forget other people's interests, however much she might be absorbed by the pleasure of her own pursuits. "'And I found three other books, mother, that I should like to have. May I?' she continued. "'They are all about our bones and brains and the circulation of the blood and digestion. It says in one of them that muriatic acid, the chemical agent by which the stomach dissolves the food, is probably obtained from muriate of soda, which is common salt contained in the blood. Isn't that interesting?' and it says that pleasure, not excitement, you know, is the result of the action of living organs, and it goes on to explain it. Shall I read it to you? My dear child, what nonsense have you got hold of now? Mrs. Frayling exclaimed, laughing. It is all here, mother, Evadne remonstrated, tapping her books. Do look at them. Mrs. Frayling turned over a few pages with dainty fingers. Tracing from without, inward, the various coverings of the brain are, she read in one, the superior extremity consists of the shoulder, the arm, the forearm, and the hand, she saw in another. Dr. Harley also confirms the opinion of Monsieur Chavot that the sugar is not destroyed in any appreciable quantity during its passage through the tissues, she learned from the third. Oh, how nasty, she ejaculated, alluding to the dust on the cover. And what a state you are in yourself! You seem to have a perfect mania for grubbing up old books. What do you want with them? You cannot possibly understand them. Why, I can't. It is all vanity, you know. Here, take them away. 
"'But, mother, I want to keep them. "'They can't do me any harm if I don't understand them.' "'You really are tiresome, Evadne,' her mother rejoined. "'It is quite bad taste to be so persistent.' "'I am sorry, mother. I apologize. "'But I can read them, I suppose, "'as you don't see anything objectionable in them? "'Don't you see, dear child, that I am trying to write a letter? "'How do you suppose I can do so while you stand there chattering at my elbow?' "'You won't understand the books, but you are too obstinate for anything, "'and you had better take them and try. "'I don't expect to hear anything more about them,' "'she added complacently, as she resumed her letter. "'Nor did she, but she felt the effect of them strongly in after years. "'When Evadne went out for a ride with three of her sisters that afternoon, "'her mind was full to overflowing of her morning studies, "'and she would like to have shared such interesting information with them, "'but they discouraged her. "'Isn't it curious?' she began, "'Our skulls are not all in one piece when we're born.' "'I call it simply nasty,' said Julia. She was the one who screamed at a mouse. "'You'll be a bore if you don't mind,' cried Evelyn, who monopolized the conversation as a rule. Barbara politely requested her to "'Shut up!' a word of the boys which she permitted herself to borrow in the exuberance of her spirits and the sanctity of private life whenever Evadne threatened, as on the present occasion, to be too kind.' Evadne turned back then and left them, not because they vexed her, but because she wanted to have her head to the wind and her thick brown hair blown back out of her eyes, and full leisure to reflect upon her last acquisition as she cantered home happily. End of Book One, Chapter Four